0: But we have a jam-packed day full of, of relationship resources, thoughts, and advice, all based on what does a godly marriage look like? And uh, all of you are here today because that's what you want answered. So before we get into trying to answer that question, I've got a couple pointers. Is it okay if I give you just a couple pointers for today? Is that okay, everybody? I want to give you a couple pointers. This will just kind of help you as you go throughout the day, um, and I think it will help you get the most out of Soulmate Sunday. Number one, listen for yourself. Listen for yourself. You know, if you're if you're with um, friends or family, and especially if you're with your spouse, it's easy when somebody starts talking about relationships to start pointing the finger. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, well, he's not talking about me. He must be talking about... You know, hey, you start nudging your spouse. Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I encourage you, just listen for yourself. It'll really help you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. You know, the reason that we're all here is because everyone needs help with relationships. And so we're going to focus on that today. We're going to focus on uh, relationships and relationship advice. And uh, it's going to help you. So don't be embarrassed. Number three, take notes. Take notes. Uh, hopefully you have a pen or you have a, a device with you that you can take notes on, that you can jot things down. Our hope at Family Worship Center is that every time you come here, that the Holy Spirit will speak to you, deal with you, enlighten you, uh, teach you something that you don't leave the same way you came in. Everybody say amen. All right. I like a little bit of feedback, so it helps if you, you know, interact with me a little bit. I think it helps uh, helps everybody. Number four, some things take time. You know, some things take time. Today may be just planting seeds. Or you may have just an an, an immediate, you know, miracle where things just change and things just dramatically, you know, change for you. But some things take time. And so don't worry if, if after today, things aren't dramatically different tomorrow. That doesn't mean that it didn't work. That doesn't mean that it wasn't good thoughts. That doesn't mean that you didn't receive something from the Lord. What it means is, is that some things take time. So if you keep those four things in mind, you're going to have a great day today. Are you ready to get started? Will you do me a favor? Will you give it up for our band and praise team today and just thank them? I want to start. I've got just a few minutes to get through this. And so I want to uh, go and prep you that there are going to be several different ways that we teach you today. Um, I'm going to start off with some thoughts that are going really to really going to apply to those that are, um, I, I really want to talk to specifically those who are single, those who are engaged, and those who are married. So it, that might sound weird, how can you do that all at once? But if you listen to these four principles I want to outline to you, and you apply them to your situation, whatever your status is currently, I believe that it will make a difference. But then after that, we're going to have several videos. You're going to hear from my pastor, Pastor Steve McCart. Now, if you don't know much about Family Worship Center, maybe you're new today, we have several locations. We are a church plant we planted here from our home church in Florence. I'm um, the pastor here. I, I, I preach every Sunday. I'm, I'm here in person every Wednesday. Um, but periodically, we'll connect our locations via stream. And we're going to do a little bit of that today. So um, when you see that, you'll know that's, that's uh, who that is. That's Pastor Steve McCart. You'll hear from his wife, Miss Amy. She is amazing. And then you're also going to hear from some special guests that we have coming in um, from, uh, from out of state. It's going to be great. So there's lots of different sources of information for you today. And we thought that'd be great because, um, you know, I only have one experience with marriage. Right? I, I, and I've only been married a certain number of years right? And so it's important to hear from different, different sources, but ultimately what our hope is is that God will speak to you. I want to talk to you first about the four laws of marriage. The four laws of marriage. Again, I hope you're taking notes. You can write this down. I want to start in Genesis chapter 2, right at the beginning of the Bible, right from the beginning of time. How many of y'all know that God started this world, started this thing? He said that, uh, he said, he, hey, I'm going to make the the world, it was good. And he made animals and it was good. He went through six days of things that were good, or five days of things that were good. When he made man, it was the first thing that he said, hmm, not so good. And it wasn't that man wasn't good, man was good, but he realized that it's not good that man be alone. Everybody say this before we read the scriptures: say we're made for marriage. marriage. You are, You're, you're made for companionship. You're made, you were literally made for companionship. And so God uh, put, put Adam to sleep, took out a rib. He woke up and he said, whoa, man, whoa, man. And there's a woman. And he said, hey, this is good for you. This will help you. And so then he tells them this. Are you there in Genesis chapter 2? We have it on the screens in case that you're not there. He says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Everybody say, joined. Join. He shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Everybody say, one flesh. one flesh. They shall become one flesh. And then in verse 25, it says this. And they were both naked in the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Everybody say, not ashamed. Not ashamed. When God spoke these words, at the moment that this happened, the four laws I'm going to talk to you about were established. Now, if you're single today, you're thinking, okay, well, why does that matter to me? Because I'm going to really focus on one of them. I'm going to tell you all four, but I'm going to focus on one of them. And, if you, and it's actually number one that we're going to dive into. And if you'll, if you'll begin preparing now, maybe you're just a teenager. That's okay. Begin preparing now. Maybe you're a young adult. Listen, I was in my late 20s before I found my spouse. My entire family was like, yo, dude, you going to be single forever? Like, like, do you plan on getting married? Do you like girls? I was like, yes. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm looking for the right one. I want to find the right one. I mean, y'all you know you don't want to have the wrong one. You don't want to end up and I want you want to find the right one. And so uh, I was patient. I was patient. If you're in the patient phase, you can start working and preparing. the The, the rules still apply. You know, my uncle is a pilot, and I remember flying with him, and as I was flying with him, he would tell me about the laws of aerodynamics. You know, planes don't just fall out of the sky. If there was something that were to happen, it's because someone broke the laws of aerodynamics. And a lot of times uh, that happens with relationships where if you're in a marriage and things are are, are not quite, um, hey, guys, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. I just realized it's so good to see y'all. Y'all, forgive me, just a little catch-up right now. Just a little good. It's so good to see y'all, man. See your stuff? I saw you on Facebook yesterday. Like, hey, that was a good-looking photo, man. you get to tell me how to take photos like that, man. Looking good. I'm sorry, y'all. I just, I hadn't seen them in forever. It's so good to see y'all. Love y'all. Y'all are like, man, what just happened? Just a little family reunion. Family reunion. Okay, anyways, um, and so when you get uh, married... The laws apply, and so when you're, when you're evaluating what might be happening, why might there be conflict, why might there be issues in our marriage, you might be breaking one of these four laws. Number one, we see it right off the bat, right when he says, you shall leave your father and mother. Number one, priorities. Priorities. Four laws of marriage. Number one, priorities. Your priorities have to be straight. And we're going to dive into this. I'm going to unpack this one a lot today. I don't have time to go through all four. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you number two. Number two oops, is pursuit. Number two is pursuit. Number one, priorities. Number two, pursuit. He says in uh, Genesis 2.24, man shall leave his father and mother. That means he's got to make his priorities right. He's got to make sure his wife is the number one priority. You know, marriage only works if it's in first place. Marriage only works if it's in first place. But then the second thing he says is, and cleave unto his wife. And cleave unto his wife. There needs to be a pursuit. You know, this happens to a lot of us. I told you about my pursuit, man. When I found Natalie, whoo, uh See, y'all don't understand. She was six hours away up north in DC. I didn't care, baby. I would be, I would drive there every day for you, darling. I won't sleep at all. I'll drive all I gotta drive. I'll do all I gotta do. What you need, baby. Where you wanna go eat? We'll go eat wherever you want to go. She lived out in DC. It was expensive up there. I didn't care, y'all. I didn't care. I'll go broke for you, baby. I will do whatever. Where you want to go, what you want. You want, oh, okay. Three months in, you want a ring? I got you a ring. I'm serious. The, the pastor, her pastor and my pastor had to slow me down. Just wait a second. Wait a second. I was in love, y'all. I was in love. I was in love. I was pursuing. What tends to happen, though, is once you get the prize, you stop pursuing. Especially for the men. We're made that way. We're hunters. You go back in the beginning of time, we're hunters. Typically, especially for the men. It happens on both sides, but especially for the men. Once you kill your prey, as a hunter, I'm not talking about your wife now, Y'all stay track with me now. I'm talking about hunting. (laughs) Saw some people were like, what? Once you do that, what happens? You have to, you you, you know, as a man, you, you know, you have to find something else to pursue. And so in a marriage, you've got to keep that pursuit. You've got to keep that pursuit happening. If you're single, you're engaged, what you're doing now to pursue someone of the, you know, your spouse, someone of the opposite sex, they're going to expect that for the rest of their life. Think about that. Think about that. Number three, possession. Possession. Number three is possession. The two shall become what? One flesh. Two shall become one flesh. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. And what tends to happen is uh, when, again, how do you break this law? Because you start saying, oh, well, what I have. You can't have this part of me. You can't have this part of me. So you need to evaluate. Now, again, I I could unpack this. I could preach three sermons just on this, just on possession. Um, I'm getting a lot of this material from several sources, but one of them um, um, is from a, a book called Marriage on the Rock by Jimmy Evans. And, and you can see we're big on resources. We've got a resource table out. You're going to hear about it. We have a whole website that we dedicated. It's in your cup that you got. Um, we believe in marriage resources. Again, you can't just hear from me. And so in this book, I encourage you, check it out. He dives into this a whole lot more. But possession, you got to make sure your possessions are right. Number four, purity. At the end of that scripture in verse 25, Genesis 2, 25, he says they were both naked and they were unashamed. They were unashamed. What happened at the fall when man sinned, what is the first thing they did? They covered up. They covered up. I don't see any little kids in here. They covered up their genitals. Why? Because it's the most uh, vulnerable and sensitive part of your body. That's what they covered up. When you get married, you're naked and unashamed. And what happens is when it's not a safe place... For you to share things with someone else, you 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 start covering up, and you're not sharing things. It's not pure, and you start finding other other places and other avenues to take your fig leaves off. Fig leaves off. I hope I hope y'all get the analogy again. Read the book. Understand this is really important. When 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 you get married, there should be nothing hidden. Nothing hidden, naked and unashamed. That might sound like a weird thing. Well, what did? What did they talk about at that soulmate Sunday? Well, right off the bat, he started talking about being naked. I'm not sure. Purity. Their, your relationship has to be pure. And that also goes, of course, you know, what tends to happen in all these things is, is be, people begin to look in other avenues um, to, 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 to fulfill um, what, what your spouse was created to do for you. And, and then it becomes unpure becomes impure. I want to talk about the number one for a few more minutes before we move on, priorities. And I believe I want to focus on this because it spoke to me, and that's one reason. But the other reason is, again, I believe it applies to everyone, whether you're single, engaged, or married. Because you've got to start with the right priorities. Your spouse becomes first. Your spouse, when you get married, they become first. Everybody say, marriage only works in first place. It only works in first place. It doesn't work in second place. It doesn't work in third place. It doesn't work in fourth place. It only works in first place. That's where marriage works. That's where it works best. That's the way God designed it. That's the way he's established it right off the bat. Marriage works in first place. It's not that your priorities are necessarily bad. It's that you need to reprioritize them. It's not that you have to quit your job. It's just that she's more important or he's more important than your career. Do you understand? It's not that your kids don't matter. They do. And if you have young kids like me, our kids are super young. My son turns two this week. I can't believe it. Then we have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. They are needy. They are needy, super needy. But you know what I was reading? I was reading this this week. Actually, it was also in a message that I listened to preparing for today. It only gets more needy. That The lowest amount, listen, this is a national statistic, the lowest amount of marriage satisfaction when you have kids, it's found when kids are in middle school and high school. The lowest amount of marriage satisfaction, I hear some amens in the back. Must have some teenage kids back there. But why? Why is that? Because they're needy. They've got sports, they've got athletics, they've got, they're not quite old enough to drive, but they've got a lot going on, they need lots of attention, they need lots of help, lots of money creates a lot of stress, a lot a lot, a lot of, what what happens? The priority shifts and the priority becomes that they're more and you might not mean to, to do that, but what happens is you're you're saying they're more important than they're they're more important than uh than you. They're more important than you. You're not meaning to say that, but that's that's essentially what you're saying. I see some people still coming in. I don't mean to disrupt my sermon again, but if we need to bring in more chairs for any of the guys that, that help with that, I think we're about at capacity to bring in more chairs. So if we need to bring in more gold chairs or whatever, um, that's a really good problem to have, amen? We can just stick them back, back there at the back, anywhere. You know, God's a jealous God. If you look at Exodus 34, God is a jealous God. You were created with that. And when you get married, it happens like immediately, like, like there's a jealousy that, that comes on you and you start, th- don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my wife. But the opposite is also true. When something starts taking your spouse's attention and the things that they used to give you, they can't because something, you get jealous. Does anybody know what I'm talking about. You start feeling like, wait a second, where, where do I fit in this equation? Because, you know, before such and such happened, this wasn't a problem. You had plenty of time for me, you had plenty of whatever, and now something changed, and what, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? And this has to be a dialogue. This has to be a conversation. You can't just try to sweep it under the rug and try to think, well, it'll all work out, and oh, it'll come to, no, 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 no. If you do that, you're going to set yourself up for disaster. Because you're going to be dissatisfied. Uh, the other person's not made you um, the highest priority in their life. They may not have even meant to do it. They may not even have, 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 they may not even realize they're doing that. You've got to communicate it. Find the right way to do it. There's a right way and a wrong way. But communicate it. It will help you. It will help you. Your spouse, listen to this. I listed some things. Hope this will help you. Your spouse comes before your parents. You know, it's not that your parents are bad. There's nothing wrong. You know, it's not, it's just that you leave your father and mother and say, okay, now I'm establishing their first. You know, all of us have relationships with our parents. That's a great thing. But if your relationship with your parents, if you, if you listen, let me, let me give you a a better example. When you are uh, dating when you're dating, and a phone call comes in maybe while you're out to eat, you're on a date or whatever, what do you do? Silence it real quick. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'll call them back later. No problem, no issue. What happens when you're married? Hold on one second, babe. Yep, uh-huh. And you take it right away, right? And what's your, and now I get there's, there's times where you have to take that, and obviously we all need to be understanding, but there are moments where my phone goes on Whatever mode it needs to go on, do not disturb, whatever you want to call it, and the calls are silenced, things are on. When my wife gets home from work and I get home, there's a time she wants to tell me about her day. And if during that time I'm super distracted, I'm not paying attention, I'm not listening, I'm not valuing that time, I'm not listening to her needs and how her day went, it's going to be a bad week. And it's not because my wife doesn't love me. She loves me greatly. Y'all know Miss Natalie. She's amazing. But what does she need? She needs to know she's number one. I lo- my parents were phenomenal. Phenomenal. They were great and are great. I mean, really. They did, I mean, I felt they did, they did a great job preparing me to marry, preparing me for my career, preparing me for my life. But at that moment, and I started preparing for it. If you're single and, or if you're engaged, I mean, You need to start preparing for that. You need to start preparing. Um, There's about to be a priority shift. Because if not, you're going to set yourself up for for a, a situation where your spouse is not number one. What else? Your parents, your friends, your job and your career, your hobbies, your spouse comes before all these things, including your kids. What does Exodus 34, 14 say? For you shall worship no other God For the Lord, whose name is jealous, literally his name, one of them, God has many names. If you read the Bible, you'll see he has many names. One of them is jealous, and he created us in his image and likeness. When we get married, there's a jealousy there. You don't want anyone else to to, to be taking away a disproportionate amount of time from your spouse. So here's, here I want to give you some practical things, then we're going to move on. Ready? How do you establish that then? Okay, so I've recognized this is a problem. I've recognized this is an issue. Or I just want to be proactive. How do I establish? How do I establish this in my relationship? Priorities must be proven in real terms, not just words. You have to prove it. You have to show it. It has, must be proven in real terms, not just words, in real terms. So, here's some questions you can ask that'll help with this. What will you give up for me? There, there were things, there, there, were, there were friends, like I said, I mentioned my, my family, I mentioned, you know, there were things in my life that when I got married, they fell down way down. There was a program that I was a part of. Every summer I would do it. I would go, I would take my vacation and go and do this program in the summer. It was for um, up-and-coming leadership stuff. I loved it. Great program, phenomenal, and I loved doing it. But there was a moment after we got married, I realized this doesn't fit anymore. It's not that I loved the program any less. Do you understand? I didn't love it any I didn't appreciate it any less. I didn't value it any less. I valued her more. In my vacation now, What's going to be spent with her, not with a bunch of men at a boy state camp? And I love boy state. You know, boys' state's great. Love boy state. But um, I choose her over boy state. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you only get so much vacation time. You only get so much time. It's going to be spent with her. It's the part of what will you give up for me? Number two, another question you can ask. How much time will you give me? Time is a commodity. Time is a commodity. Just like a business, money is a commodity in business. If you take the money away, the business suffers. With a relationship, time is a commodity. When the phone rings, put it down. Give her the time. Um, I wrote this down, and I, I will say I stole it from somebody. I don't remember who. But I wrote this down. I think this is great. Technology is a good servant, but a terrible master. You know, if you make technology work for you, if you keep it under, under the reins, it's great. But we live in a day and age, man, we're so connected, we're so in tune with everything that's going on, it will mess you up, it will become a master to you, and it will mess up your relationship. It's been proven, and we've seen it even in recent years, right, that, that relationships over technology, meaning um, FaceTime and all that, it's, it's, a, it's a subsidy, but it does not replace and it does not work as well as face-to-face real relationship. Any teacher in here will tell you it's not as effective. It's just not. Number three, how much energy do you have for me? You know, if you have no energy left and you've put other things are draining all of your energy, it takes energy. You know, you get down to number two and number three, when you're talking about pursuit and, and all those things, you've got to have some energy. Make sure that the things in your life aren't draining you so much that you have no energy. And number four, what's your attitude? What's your attitude toward me? These are questions that will help you. Last thing I want to say on this topic, and then we're going to move on. I've got a video we're going to show you. It's really great. But you need to constantly, I wanted to give you practical things. Ready? This is practical. Constantly protect your marriage from good things that are out of priority. Your kids, man, they're a good thing. Nothing wrong with it. They're a good thing. Are you meaning to tell me that, that my kids... Are, are not as important as my wife. If you, don't, if you haven't picked up on this yet, your kids are a temporary assignment. One day, one day, this is important, one day you're going to marry them off of their female or you're, you're, your son is going to marry himself. You're going to go, you're going to have a wedding, and then they should leave and cleave. You know, whether, eventually they're going to move out, whether they're 18, 19, 35, whatever, whatever age. Nowadays, it seems to be about the standard. They're going to, it's a temporary assignment. It's good. Let, let me just, I wrote this down. This is where I'm going to end. This is, this is my hierarchy of priorities in my life. And I'm going to talk about this first one at the end of the service. But number one is God. He is more important than my spouse. That's the number one priority in my life. Number one thing, if, if that's not right, nothing else would be right. May mean, speak again to those who are single looking for a spouse. You've got to have this relationship right between you and God before you ever try to have this type of relationship. Because let me show you how this works. If you have two people, and, and this, is, this is right between the man and his relationship with God is right, and then the woman, their, their relationship is right. They have a really good relationship with God. I'm not just talking about going to church. Like, they, they have a real, genuine relationship with God. When they come together... Are you tracking with me? It becomes a triangle instead of a disjointed shape. And where the two people are both pointing each other towards God. Do you see that? If you get that picture, it really makes a difference. So uh, um, that's number one. Number two is my wife. She, she is on this earth, the most important thing above everything else. Next, my kids, because right now they're in our household, they're next. Next. They're next. Right close, right underneath, but they're next. I mean, if it came down to it, I got to give my wife priority, but they're next. Then church and ministry. Church and ministry. You know, uh, sometimes you can make, make that uh, um, um, so much that it can detract from. You know what I mean? It can detract from what's your real priorities. Then comes extended family and on down the list of other things that come along. You know, you can keep going from there, but those are the five that I wrote down. I, you know, I know that I even have, I even have some family, I'm, and I'm not trying to be offensive. they probably watching online. They probably didn't like that when I made that priority shift. But, but I plan on being married forever. I plan on being married forever, and it wasn't an offensive thing. Again, it wasn't that I loved them any less. It wasn't that I valued them any less. It wasn't that, that, that no, I mean, I needed to make a shift and a change in my life because God had called me into the ministry. God had set me up for that. And that I needed to to, to put things in priority. And I couldn't let that take away from what God's called me to do with my kids. And I can't let them take away from what God's called me to do with my wife. She's my first ministry. She's my first ministry. Amen? Priorities. Priorities. Marriage only works in first place. Amen? We've got a video we want to show you. This is from a couple, uh, two couples. One has been married for 34 years. 34 years. And the other one, 51 years years and I think you'll find it pretty amazing how their their ideas and their thoughts we filmed them at two different times um uh two different we, we gave them the same questions but um didn't you know they didn't talk to each other it wasn't coordinated I just think it's pretty cool how their answers all flow together I want you to pay attention to this video on church and marriage